Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, joined by Jerry Hamilton. It's time for grading the horns each and every week. Jerry and I uh, grade the Longhorn performance position by position. Uh, this is uh, brought to you by the Rodman Firm. Uh, Jerry, let, let's start off uh, and talk a little bit about the offense and Quinn Ewer's return out for two games after getting being injured against the University of Houston. He returned to play, finished 22 of 33 for 317 yards, one TD, one INT, a, a pretty good performance overall for Quinn Ewers. I mean, definitely better than what we saw from Malik Murphy in many instances. Yeah, he only put one, only through one ball, he really, Sark would say, we want to have that one back, right? And that was the yeah. first deep ball down the left sideline where he was off by 10 yards on that. Then, But Sark knew they had an advantage. They came right back to it. And responding to the adversity, Quinn dropped it in the bucket the next go-round. Uh, so he really, you know, there was really only one throw you'd like to have back. Um, so shaking off the rust uh, there. I gave him a B because I think, look, he, you could tell what the game plan was. And he executed the game plan. That was throw the ball wide the worthy, get him in space, right? That was get, get JT Sanders back in the intermediate game over the middle more consistently. They did that. And then uh, when they had the favorable matchups, whether it's a double move by Adonai Mitchell or it was Xavier Worthy on just a straight go route, um, I, I think Quinn. I think Quinn delivered the ball when he had to. He had the one overthrow to Ad Mitchell in the end zone. May have been affected a little bit by a high hand at defensive line that maybe he had to release that ball a little bit higher. But I thought that was I thought that was a B effort because he didn't put the ball in harm's way on the road where you could totally lose your momentum and get beat in that game. Yeah, I, I feel like, uh, I, look, it wasn't his best performance. He right. certainly wasn't as hot as he was uh, coming out of the OU game and in the early part of the U of H game. Uh, at the same time, he was workmanlike. He kept the ball out of harm's way, generally speaking. And I tell you what, uh, that was a great throw he made on third down to seal the game. Yes, yeah. Adnan Mitchell made a great play on the ball, but he put that where only his guy could catch it. And he threw it early and threw it on the money. Uh, so when the Longhorns had to have it, Quinn came through. And, and, you know, he had a great throw opposite hash to Worthy where Worthy barely stepped out of bounds, else that would have been seven. Uh, so he made, uh, for being a guy that, you know, look, arm strength-wise, probably wasn't 100% yet off the injury. Uh, it was good enough to make all the throws, and he delivered all the throws in that game. He did what Sark asked him to do. So I, I grade Quinn with a pretty high uh, standard here. Well, I, I gave him a B minus. What'd you give him? I give him a, so I give him a B. I was between okay. B minus and B, but I went to B because look, I mean the the last the last two games. I'm not knocking Malik. This is just the reality. There were you could go back and say there were four or five passes that could have gone to the other team. You really only had one of those you'd like to have back yesterday on the road. Got Solid. It. All right. Let, let's move on to running backs. Uh, Jonathan Brooks, you know, if he's not over 100 yards, he's right at it. 21 of 104 yesterday, two touchdowns. Uh, also, Cedric Baxter, 18 for 61. Brooks also had that big catch and run uh, that set up Texas's first touchdown. Uh, all in all, the running backs continue to get it done. Uh, this was more by committee when Brooks went out in the fourth quarter uh, and kind of stymied the Texas offense a little bit. Uh, but uh, all in all, uh, you know, I they had almost 250 yards of total offense between the two of them. 
Uh, I'd have to give Texas an A minus. Yeah, I give them a solid A at that position because, look, again, they did their job on what was asked of them. I think Cedric Baxter, to your point, can improve a little bit. Got to keep pick the feet up at times in traffic a little quicker. Um, and once you pick those feet up, those eyes on second contact are going to stay up a little bit more. Part of things learning for a young running back, which is now about to have to take on a bigger role, by the way. Uh, so he's about to grow up in a hurry. He's going to have to. Uh, but I give them a solid A, Bobby. I mean, what? I mean, look, it's not – some of it's push uh, uh, at times on the short yardage. It's not all on them if it's an eight-man box and you don't get push. You got issues in the run game. So uh, I give them a solid A. I want to say this, uh, and this is not uh, – Jonathan Brooks has just been terrific this year. But C.J. Baxter was in the game with the game on the line, right? Yep. Uh, his blitz pickup on that third and 12 to complete the, the pass to uh, Adonai Mitchell, he picked it up beautifully, rode the rode the defender past the quarterback. You know, that, that, that was an adult play at an adult yep. time by yep. C.J. Baxter. Just a little small thing that is going to make them more confident in working with them. And, and, and that's, one of the things, that's one of the things that has the staff so excited about his future, right, Bobby? He came in and picked up the little things immediately, and he did it in high school. I talked about it, what uh, you know, how much of an all-around player he was in high school. But coming to the Power 5 level and picking all that up early to where they felt like, man, we can where this guy's earned the starting job, you're not starting as a true freshman at running back over Jonathan Brooks unless you're doing all the little things and the things that freshman running backs normally struggle with. Yeah, I tell you what, if we do not know 100% what the severity of his injury is, but right now it looks like it's either an ACL or MCL. Either one could keep him out for the rest of the season, Jerry. Yeah. Uh, what a tremendous junior year uh, the young man from Hallettsville had, uh, but uh, going to be tough uh, to go to Ames pr probably without him. We do not have official word. We will, will not. It's unlikely that we hear from Steve Sarkeesian until his Monday press conference around 11 a.m. All right, Jerry, I want to go on and talk about the wide receivers. But before we do that, we should say thank you to our sponsor. Uh, each and every Grading the Horns is brought to you by the Rodman Firm, PLLC, the law firm. Uh, Tim Rodman and his group are committed to serving your needs in business, commercial, and real residential real estate, construction law, and more throughout the state of Texas. They're uh, certified throughout the state, Tim and his team pride themselves on detailed representation and developing long-lasting relationships with their clients. Call Tim uh, at 281-343-3382 or visit him at rodmanfirm.com. Tim, a proud Longhorn. I know he's excited about the season right now, as we all are. All right, uh, let's talk wide receivers. I wrote a piece this morning for Inside Texas, Jerry, that I think that the receivers right now are the leaders of the Texas offense. While they've had issues at running back with, with injury, they've had issues at quarterback with injury, the receiving group has been there in every single game this year. Chris Jackson's guys are going at it. Adonai Mitchell with the key catch and the two touchdown, or the touchdown catch uh, last night. Uh, then you had Xavier Worthy with 10 for 137, I think. Overall, JT Sanders with four key, key uh, grabs. I know he's a tight end, but I consider him a receiver as well. All in, uh, the, the receivers are are making hay right now and getting open. Hey, and, and I want to add this. 
Jo- if I, find me a better role player, willing role player than Jordan Whittington. You know how hard it is as a receiver when you throw 30 passes and you get rarely get targeted, but to go block your butt off on all these run plays to make the hustle play he did to save and cause a fumble to save TCU on a short field. Find me a better role player at wide receiver than Jordan Whittington when you're not getting the ball a lot. That speaks to, again, that position and the strength of that position. It's, it's crazy. I gave him an A. Uh, and if I could have given him more, I would have. I, I, you mentioned Jordan Whittington uh, and what he did on that play. I also want to point out this. Xavier Worthy is the one that recovered that fumble, Jerry. Yeah. He was tackled. He was He was the target of the deep pass. He was tackled at the 22-yard line of TCU, got up off the ground, chased the guy back another 50, 60 yards, never knowing whether he would get there or not, but he was Johnny on the spot for the foot for the recovery. Those hey. two guys showed leadership and culture in that effort on Saturday. Does it night. not does it not take us back to when we were sitting there watching the players walk into the stadium for the first two fall practices and the media availability. Who were two of the first players in? It was Worthy and Whittington walking from Moncrief over to the practice field by 35. That showed you early on that those guys were real this year. Absolutely. All right, Uh, tight end. JT Sanders had four for 47, including three third down grabs that were key. Uh, Gunnar Helm uh, played as a blocker. Malik Agbo Agbo played uh, a lot of time as well. Uh, But I tell you what, it was not a good game for the tight ends blocking uh, on Saturday. The front that uh, TCU presented, especially in short yardage, just ate the Texas blocks or ate the Texas tight ends up. Whether it was Agbo, Helm, or Sanders, they all three had issues. On Saturday night, of course, Texas did get the win, did score 29 points. Uh, but you want more from them as blockers. Can't get much more than what you got out of Sanders as a receiver, though. Yeah, I agree with that. And it was interesting that TCU went to a jumbo D-line package in this game and then brought the linebackers off the edges around them. So they really te- tested the Texas Texas in the run game. Um, but I think, you know, you can get more out of the, wide, uh, the tight end position in the run game. And they're going to have to. Um, so I'm, I would go B minus with that group. Okay. Yeah. That's, that sounds reasonable. I, I went B because just how good, uh, JT Sanders was in the past game, in my opinion, uh, the offensive line, you know, they had a clean pocket, Jerry, yeah. but literally inconsistent push up front. Uh, maybe it was the, the supersized D line. That's what gave Texas problems against U of H too, uh, in the run game was that bonus size. Uh, defensive line. Uh, it looked like uh, it looked like uh, the TCU Horn Frogs kind of copied that. Yeah, uh, we'll see if either Texas Tech or Iowa State's able to do that as well. Uh, but all in all, uh, just not enough push, not enough consistency overall. Although a really qu- clean pocket for the most part for Quinn Ewers to throw. Yeah, no, I think I think pass pro stood up, and I think it was part of that because TCU went to that jumbo and kind of gave up some pass rush opportunities um, in their three-man front, possibly. But, hey, you still got to do your job. Um, but I thought they gave Quinn enough time uh, to scan the field and make all the throws Sark was going to ask of him in the game plan and in the scheme. And that's really all you can ask in, in terms of pass pro um, in that game. I thought he, and when Quinn was uh, – 
under duress a little bit. He still had enough time. There was never a free-running blitzers where he was going to take a shot you didn't want him to take in that game. He had time to escape the pocket and throw the ball into the stands. So I thought they did very well in pass protection. Run blocking, look, I think the uh, – Anytime an eight-man box is presented, if your five offensive linemen, all five, don't get good, solid contact and a push, you're going to have issues. Um, and I think there's a couple of issues there uh, that continue to uh, be the same. I'm going to go. Um, I'm going to go B minus on offensive line, Bobby. Yeah, that, I, I agree with that. Because 482 yards of offense, right? Yeah, 482 yards of offense, but man, it seemed like they just came in chunks and weren't consistent enough. Although Texas did eke out. 22 first downs and had 35 minutes of time of possession. And, you know, in the third quarter, the way that Texas got down or in the fourth quarter, excuse me, the only time Texas scored in the fourth quarter, Jerry, was on eight or no, excuse me, nine straight runs. Uh, got them in field goal range right before or right after Jonathan Brooks went out with that uh, knee that we're trying to uh, get an update on his uh, situation. Uh, overall, the offense, Jerry, uh, this is you just mentioned 482 yards, lowest point output of the season at 29. Uh, although you know we could see that that's not much off of 30, right? Um, no. I gave him a B plus overall. I would have given him an A in the first half, and man, a D in the third in the second half. They just didn't get anything going. It seemed that those big deep passes that Sark likes uh, in the third quarter really killed a couple of opportunities at drives. Yeah, I think it did, and I think then early in the fourth quarter, he had to he had to try to milk the clock a little bit to give his defense some time off the field. Uh, but yeah, so I agree with you, Bobby. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go solid B um, for for the offense um, because you did had 482 yards. Um, you had you, you had you were up 26 six in the game at the end of three quarters, I believe it was. So. I'm they just you know they kind of stalled out in the second half when they needed to punch it in for one more touchdown in this game. Uh so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go solid B. Boy, I tell you what, if they don't go for those two big deep balls, I think this this game uh gets ticked away quicker uh and uh faster. Uh, I would go B overall on offense. A lot of movement between the 20s for Texas, but not enough uh scores in the the uh red zone or you know, still having short yardage problems. Two of eight. Yeah, uh, on Saturday, on short yardage, third and short, two of eight on third and four or less. That's just not acceptable uh, if Texas wants to win this uh, conference. All right, on defense, a uh, little bit different story here. I mentioned the leaders of the offense were the receivers, in my opinion. Leaders of the defense are two yeah. guys named Sweat and Murphy. Yeah. Period. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you look at when TCU and I, I give the D line an A overall. But you look at when TCU had the most success moving the ball, it's when they sub Sweat and Murphy out together, right? I mean, so when those guys were both left the field, that's when TCU moved the ball down the field. So when those guys, if you go back and look, I'm, uh, I'm guessing Rod Babers will have the numbers for us, but if when those two guys are on the field together versus when they're not, I bet it's a drastic difference in how teams move the ball against Texas. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. 
Granger, for the ones who get it done. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Yeah. They're that dominant. I, I, I do too. I, I do too because they just, there's such a presence. Um, and what's impressive right now is they're both getting after the quarterback. Uh, the two of them each had a sack uh, multiple, and also had a tackle for loss. Uh, Trill Carter added another interior defensive lineman, yep. added a sack. Ethan Burke, Burke was and, active. Yeah, Burke was active. Uh, Burke was active. Baron Sorrell, more of a more of a strong side defensive end, maintain your edge kind of guy. Uh, he did not get after the passer nearly as much as he did against Kansas State. I, I, by the but way, what do you Bob, give that group as a whole, Jerry? I'm giving that group an A, a strong A as a whole. And the other thing I'd add is they're 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 playing so well. It's giving them time to get Alfred Collins closer to 100. He's still wearing the knee sleeve. So he's not quite 100, percent but they're playing so well. It's given them an opportunity to let him get uh, closer to 100. percent The only thing I would give them maybe an A minus on, and I wrote this down in my notes. Looked like they got tired in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, they, you know, yes, there's a level of consistency they that they have to have, uh, but uh, Texas needs a little bit more from them in that regard. All right, uh, linebackers, uh, linebackers. Uh, the two leading tacklers for the team on Saturday were Jalen Ford and Anthony Hill. Which Not means surprising. your D-line, which means your D line's playing well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Ford with nine tackles, Hill with eight, the freshman yep. from Denton Ryan. Uh, your your thoughts on the linebacker core, Jerry, overall? And Malik, uh, uh, Maurice Blackwell showed his space playing ability a little bit as well. Um, I give those guys a solid B plus. Uh, I mean, I really do. I think look. If you're if a team's going to throw the ball, if they're going to possess the ball, and they're going to throw 36 passes, right? You're going to have you're going to have a couple of plays made against you in the passing game. But I thought Jalen Ford did his job extremely well. I thought Anthony Hill was extremely active and physical. Um, so I, I give those guys a really solid B plus performance. Got it. Um, I, I'm fine with that. I put A minus. Uh, Jalen Ford also had a pass defended on the uh, goal line. Uh, and was active on the goal line as well. They did have a goal line stop. There, uh, two rushes from uh, TCU did not get them in the end zone. Uh, both linebackers filled the holes on those. Th- those are tough plays and good plays that you need. Uh, so I, I gave them an A minus. Defensive backs for me is a different story, Jerry. Um, it continues to be a question mark in my mind. They're just giving up too many space plays. Uh, Savion Williams, you know. He, he literally uh, had his way with Texas at times on Saturday night. Uh, but Jared Wiley got loose down the sideline once on Jade Barron. Uh, they, you know, they tackled well. They tackled better than they have been. But it's still, it just feels like something is wrong in the coverage. Maybe it's too much rotation at safety or wherever. But uh, and all maybe, maybe it's not having Jalen Catalan back. He suited up but did not play. And Jade Barron did go out with we what we believe is a foot injury of some sort. So uh, Jalen Gilmo, yeah, yeah. Um, so what did you think of the 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 secondary on Saturday? 
I think, look, it's the, the issues are going to uh, persist and exist. I mean, that's where I come out on it, right? If, if, if TCU could pass protect enough, move the pocket enough, they were going to attack the Texas safeties down the field. Bottom line, we've seen it all year. It's not going to change. Um, but I think, you're, to your point, man, it, tackling has been an issue. Uh, tackling was an issue in space against Oklahoma. Tackling was an issue in space against U of H and against TCU. I got good news for Texas fans, though. Iowa State does not have those type of receivers next week. Uh, so that's the good news uh, next week going to Ames, is that the, the way to take advantage of this Texas team, T, uh, Iowa State doesn't have. But in this game, uh, C+. Plus. I went C. I went C because they they are the reason it almost turned around, uh, in my opinion. That and the tiredness of the defensive front was not getting the, the push. Uh, defense overall, I went B minus. Uh, I, I, I made a note, Jerry, of their goal line stand. Uh, yep. Also, uh, you know, they dominated they they dominated the game for the most part for the for the first half. Got driven on twice in the third quarter. It, it ended up resulting in a touchdown early in the fourth quarter, uh, but they held on that goal line stand. They made even the the one time that TCU did score a, a touchdown in the red zone uh, at the two yard line. It was on a fourth down. They made TCU earn everything on Saturday. Yeah. I, I, I'm going B minus, and I feel like I'm grading on the curve of you won the game, but they gave up 280 yards in the second half. And it's not like they were playing an Oregon offense or Washington offense or, uh, you know, one of the best SEC offenses. That was a team that had offensive line issues, that there's a young quarterback that will throw it to you. They didn't force the throw to you in the second half. And they and TCU dominated time of possession. It's like 24 plays in the third quarter. So I feel like I'm grading on the curve of win gets them the B minus. But second half alone probably is more like a C. 24th quarter points. Yes. TCU scored 20 points in the fourth quarter. Let's just be brutally honest. That's three touchdowns. All right, um, special teams. But before we get to those, we'll say one final thank you to our sponsor and a very gracious one. Uh, That's Tim Rodman at the Rodman Firm, PLLC. Tim and his group are committed to serving your needs in business, commercial and commercial real estate, construction law, and more throughout the great state of Texas. Anywhere in the state of Texas, Tim and his group are licensed uh, to work for you. Tim and his his team pride themselves on detailed uh, detailed representation and developing long-lasting relationships with their clients. Call Tim at 281-343-3382 or visit him at rodmanfirm.com. We appreciate you, Tim. Uh, You are a a longhorn uh, at heart, by the way. Uh, big fan. All right. Hey, guys, the other thing that I want to ask is this and talk about is this, Jerry, uh, special teams. What has been a positive for Texas has has gone maybe the wrong way the last couple of weeks. Tell me if I'm wrong about that. I mean, uh, yes, Burt Auburn was nails three of three, including a huge 49 yarder to give Texas a 16 point lead after uh, the the game had tightened a little bit uh, from TCU, and ultimately it was the difference in the game that that field goal. Uh, but I'm looking at Ryan Sanborn, and he just looks off since he's had that punt blocked. He does not look confident. Uh, DeAndre Moore, in the heat of battle, takes one out. The very the only time he took one out all game long, 
the, the freshman took it out at the very last minute and only got it to the 15 yard line. Yeah. Uh, then you uh, add in the penalty on the sideline on the punt return. Bad snap uh, on a PAT. Bad snap on a PAT. Correct. I man, I C minus D for special teams. It would be it would be it would be a D minus without Bert Auburn. Yes, but with Bert Auburn, probably a C plus, a C C minus C plus C minus C minus. I mean, now Keelan Robinson didn't play, and he made yep. arguably the best special teams player. Yep, and Keaton Crawford did not run down. Right. Um, on on coverage, so yeah, well, they I mean, were not the two guys that Sark calls the best gunner combo in the country. Yeah. Now we'll we we'll got to find out from Sark what's going on with Keelan Robinson. Never know what what could be going on there. Uh, but uh, a lot of different things uh, to talk about. Just a repeat: uh, we gave uh, overall a B plus to the offense, a B minus to the defense overall, and then a C C minus uh, to the special teams. Uh, Jerry, any parting thoughts on these grades that you want to give? I, I, I'd circle back personally to Quinn Ewers, and we went into it saying, "Hey, he's either going to be rusty, or his arm may be weak, or he may be coming out with more mental reps." I will say this: it looked like a combo of all three of those things. Yeah, it looked like he had some mental reps and taking some and taking time to kind of deep breathe a little bit and figure out what he was trying to do with the ball. Of course, he also was a little rusty with some high throws. You mentioned the one to Adonai Mitchell uh, near the goal line. Your thoughts on – final thoughts just on yours and where he's at right now. Yeah, I think um, I, I think what will be interesting is uh, next week it's going to be the three-high safety the whole game, and the deep ball is not going to be available. So he's going to have to be extremely accurate, short and intermediate game in cold weather. Uh, that's going to be the biggest thing for him. That's going to be the ask of the Texas offense next week. Uh, but I thought that was a good bounce back game for him off injury um, because the reality is if they had had another home game, um, they probably wouldn't have rushed him back. But on the road game, I think they – and where they're at in the, the seven in the college football playoff race, I think there was everything still on the table there. Probably got him back on the field a week earlier than what they ideally would have wanted to do. And Malik. That second that that K State game scares you enough to say, "Whoa, now we almost had four or five turnovers at home. If we do that on the road, we're losing in the season. All the goals are gone." So I think you put all that together. But I think, look, I mean, anybody questions Quinn's toughness, man, check themselves on that one because he played hurt at South Lake. He's battled to come back when he this year for this team, which he took a leadership role of. I think so. It's going to be so interesting moving forward if Jonathan Brooks is done uh, uh, for the year. Um, Cedric Baxter's now got a lot more on his plate. A Jaden Blue. These guys are going to have opportunities. Um, some guys are going to have to step up for Texas in the next two weeks. They really are. Maybe Savion Red uh, yeah. as well. Trey Wisner. We'll see. As well as Jaden Blue. We'll see what happens. Uh, the two back set that Texas ran was pretty effective, by the way. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know how much you're going to see that going forward if uh, Jonathan Brooks is unavailable. All right, uh, Jerry, uh, thanks for doing it. Uh, Jerry Hamilton of Inside Texas and On3. If you're not a subscriber already to Inside Texas, please take your time and go get a subscription. Uh, right now we have a special uh, $1 for one month uh, or two months for $1 if you use the special code. The special code is OTFIT23. That's OTFIT23. That's only for On Texas Football listeners. All right, for Jerry Hamilton, I'm Bobby Burton. That's been this episode of Grading the Horns. Hook them.